0: Yesterday um, I talked a bit with Sizzle about um, how to structure one's practice around a kind of formal meditation practice, but also then uh, practicing in daily life, in our relationships and in our work. And I would like to share some reflection on that using this uh, discovering peace with cause and discovering the peace without cause. And then the other suggestion from Charlotte to uh, give an introduction into Tonglen and uh, practice uh, Tonglen, the giving and taking and here also um, connected with the topic of the weekend peace so let's uh, start very simple just some time for connecting and Checking in, allowing the body and the mind to settle uh, by uh, letting this moment be what it is, by just presencing uh, the present moment. And it's a good idea to start there with uh, the felt sense of the body. So if you like, you can close your eyes. And then you observe this shift. <clears throat> you notice this shift from the doing, from the controlling, and trying to get somewhere into present moment awareness. And it is a shift from the head into the body. And it might be helpful to gently pay attention to the flow of the in and out breath, but easy, effortless, just in the same way it is easy and effortless to notice the waves coming and going when you go to the beach. Also, allow the breath to be a bit deeper for for some minutes or moments, and then with the out breath, letting go of the control freak and softening. The belly, in the shoulders, possibly also in the face, so the places where we quite often tense, uh, so the tense towards what is happening. What is the difference between being hooked by the thoughts, being carried away by the thoughts, by the stories, and having some space around them? If not so much is happening, you can just stay with the breath or just with the whole experience as it is, but if there's something calling for your attention in the felt sense of your body, you can also gently breathe into that and welcome that as if your breath and your awareness are some healing, soothing hands, touching, holding softly what is and then you rest. Turning, dropping back into the trunk of your body or into your hands, dropping back into space, into silence. you struggle with something or there is a sense of tightness, tension coming up, try to find a yes to what is. This could be just a yes, or I consent, or this belongs. There's no need to try to keep a certain part of your experience in the foreground. So there can be also some flexibility. It's like more journey. But if things are turning up and we meet this with an openness with an open heart. and resting. And we can appreciate that whatever you experience right now, you experience within mind, within consciousness, within awareness. Experience of the car, cars is within awareness. Sensations of the body is within awareness. This voice experienced with or within awareness, in consciousness, within mind. The sense of this room and the people around you. The sense of time and localization and space. All that is experience within consciousness, within awareness, within mind. And the experience itself has no substance. The experience of the car has no substance, the experience of this voice has no substance. The experience of this body has no substance. It's more like a rainbow vividly appearing but empty. Just check. Look. The experience is not made for matter. More like a dream. Peace with a cause is just a quiet stream, not so much happening, but there's also the peace without a cause. Presence, the witnessing, the vastness, the stillness within the cars and within this voice. of the sky or the peace of the depth of the ocean, always present, unchanging, natural peace. seen, it can't be touched. It is that which is looking. peace with a a cause comes and goes, comes and goes within the peace without a cause. Call peace without a cause, unconditional love. Peace without a cause is vibrant. Full of everything boundaryless, centerless, timeless, transpersonal. prior to peace with the cause, it's bigger than peace with the cause. If there's an openness for devotional practice in you, we can call upon the archetypes of peace as a reflection of our own peace. We can call upon Jesus, the Buddha, the Dalai Lama, the angels of peace surrounding you, bathing you. Bowing to your own peace. Longing, yearning for your own peace. May this being be in peace. May my children, my partner, my friends, my clients, my colleagues, May everyone I meet, everyone I think of, everyone I hear about, be in peace. May this being become a source of peace. Bearing peace. May only peace come through my mouth, through my eyes, and through my hands, through my feet. May there be peace. Let's explore a bit um, something which you could call practice. And obviously if I talk about practice then I talk about uh, the progressive path. This is just some spontaneous reflection so I I didn't prepare. Uh, So this is not the final word or It's not the right right, uh, perspective or something like that. It's just more sharing from my own experience and also from my experience uh, sometimes helping people to find their practice. So when I talk with people, I always assume that uh, it's not possible for me to tell them what to do. Yeah, so I see this kind of conversation always just as an exploration together because my experience is that, um, that we are also different. We have different, we bring different things to the table, a different psychological history, different preferences, different things we enjoy different wounds, different traumas, also different maps uh, in the way we navigate reality. And that's a bit scary sometimes because uh, in a way it would be nice if someone has figured it out and we can just walk behind <laughs> and do exactly as this person did. And yes, there is teachers teachers who would Kind of think that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, in, in my in my world, uh, it, that's not working out for people. So obviously, in most cases, it is helpful to have some kind of uh, regular practice time, like you know, let's say a time where you are relatively sitting still. <clears throat> I, think ne- I think nobody ever regretted that, uh, to do that. I I heard people a lot of saying, wow, I just can't do it, I don't have the space, and I, I, I understand it would be good, but it's just not happening. That's so why I, I meet that a lot, but I don't meet anyone who said, you know this, the thing you said about daily meditation practice that was really a stupid thing once i started to do it <laughs> i've never heard that actually everyone says yeah in the periods where i had a regular practice whatever that is i i could i could see that it was beneficial it's not it's not like a complete change in life but uh, it's something something which uh, which has a positive impact particularly over a longer time if you continue but more important i think for us is uh, uh, because we are we have a formal practice not to be get good to become good at formal practice uh, but as a support to Uh, uh, to bring space, peace, love, creativity, goodness into our life, into our relationships, which is basically our life. (laughs) It's not much more than relationship. And, And so there's so many different... different flavours of practice different techniques you can explore and sometimes people get into this place that they can't choose or there's like a restlessness or oh, maybe I should do this and then we listen to another teaching and then that teacher says this is the most powerful thing to do and then and we feel like uh is this kind of doubt and and uh, and that can lead to that Either you like you drop it all together, or you're just completely confused and dissatisfied like dissatisfied. no it's not good enough it's um, so that's probably part of the journey, this kind of experience, and for some people, it is helpful to kind of settle with a certain. Teacher, or with a th- with a certain method, or with a certain program. Uh, so what I sometimes do, I uh, you know I I explore with the, uh, with the person, and then uh, we try to find out together. So what what is uh, you no. Know, what what at the moment in my life? What is it? What I'm. Interested in, you know, like it's like going to a fitness trainer. So, if you if you go to, to you go to a fitness co- coach, so. And you know. Like in fitness, what you usually train is stamina, f- uh, strength, and flexibility. Uh, and then you try to find out, okay. What is what I'm interested in right now? What feels good for me? Yeah. Is it stamina? Is it flexibility? Is it strength? Yeah. And, and then you would come up with some exercises. And usually exercises who emphasize stamina. They also include the others. Yeah? But you emphasize it a bit. Or you want to grow more muscles. So then you certainly are not doing running as your main exercise because that's a stamina exercise. But if you do weightlifting, there will be also a bit of training of stamina, and then you add, so and then you add maybe some flexibility. And then after some months, you might feel, wow, it's time for me to increase the flexibility. I'm growing muscles, but I'm getting stiff. So. I need to learn some some fle- flexible flexible exercise. Yeah. So similar uh, when you settle with a certain practice, that doesn't mean that that is it. But be, you know, so this is a com. This is a the progressive path is the complex journey involving your whole beings and you can't do everything at the same time but you have time relax you you know in in my, in my uh, map you have all the time it, there's no rush Maybe not in your map, but, 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 but no one can also uh, make part of your spiritual reflection could be to check up your map, the map of reality you are using. Maybe it can be a bit more creative or a bit more open than it used to be. So what I do sometimes with people is uh, we talk and then for many, for example, the the theme of uh, self-care, self-compassion, so this theme of this trance of unworthiness, that's often one of the major topics coming up when I talk with people. So sometimes it it depends a bit you know because sometimes uh, some people really benefit from a kind of structured course yeah like lesson 1 lesson 2 maybe with a certificate in the end yeah? <laughs> it's completely bullshit but but uh but uh it's like you know there's there's that kind of person in you yeah like wanting to progress and Having like a clear structure and uh, and that's not bad. Just use that person. That that that, that part of your team. Yeah. So what? So uh, so I have like heaps of uh, programs. Most of them I have done myself uh, uh, out of curiosity as ex- as an explorer. So and then uh, then I I get a sense and then. And usually I make suggestions of like two things or three things, and they start to uh, listen to that teacher or to that system, and then and then they choose something, and then we do that for three months or two months, or wow. yeah? uh, in and in, in between checking up. So how is it going? Uh, so that's like Christine F. Self-compassion, Tara Brach, yeah, and there's other programs who emphasize. Um, that skill. Yeah, and in fitness, if you, if you want to uh, uh, grow strengths, yeah, that's what you focus on. So if you have one hour or three hours a week, you're not going to run. You are going to uh, lift weights. Yeah? And do a little running. Yeah? Ten minutes running in the beginning or something like that to warm up. So similar here with self-compassion, self-kindness. It is a skill and we can learn it and we learn it through repetition. And when you do it and you make do the weightlifting, then you're not lying there and saying, oh, I should running, I should running. No, because you know what you're doing. And that doesn't mean that running uh, is gone in your life. Because once you have maybe gained a certain strength, and you feel, well, that's a body I can show in the, in the swimming pool, <laughs> yeah, then, then you, I mean, that's a very modest motivation yeah, for fitness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we also have to work with the motivation and intention we have, actually, and bring that onto board. Yeah. It's not evil or bad to want to be beautiful. It's just modest, and if there's some some something in you, and I can appreciate that, that it works for you, if someone tells you. I mean, with some people, all I do is I'm just. I mean, not like in an authoritarian way. It's it's still a cooperation. It's some people they they benefit from that kind of commitment to me oh no, it's like when you have a friend you go running with so you make an appointment you have a commitment to that and then you go running even even uh, if you don't feel like it yeah because and, and if you have like a a guide like that it could be a friend you don't need to you know that doesn't need to be a spiritual teacher. Because you know, oh, yeah, there's some, someone checking in. in. In one month, someone will ask me, so how is it going? Are you doing your practice? And why not? Let's look at that. Yeah. So it's, it's like a kind of healthy pressure. For some people, that's not necessary. Yeah. They would actually uh, kind of feel for them it would be that would be an unnecessary pressure for them because you know some people they are really explorers they are fascinated they don't need to tell themselves yeah it would be good to to explore uh, meditation and yeah, they just do it because that's what they are fascinated by so when you focus on a certain practice for a certain time which uh, initially for sure, should be something you like, something which feels good. That's a good indication. So it's a bit of, of searching also. It's interesting for me also to see, you know, what, what is attractive to someone is completely counterproductive to another person. It has to be aligned, like if you need to have a, and that's, most of us need that. You know, we need, most of us need to have some research behind it. It needs to make sense in a scientific kind of view on things. Uh, and, And for some people, they don't need that. For them, it's actually good to kind of align themselves with a more devotional lineage, and for some people, that's, a, that's just a no-go. And you know, sometimes people like that, they try to press themselves into the straitjacket of some kind of Dalai Lama club. And it's just not working. Yeah. But for some, that's the way to go. They don't need to read Buddha's brain or what happens in the brain. And, what lights up in the brain when you have compassion or something. They don't need that. Yeah. And, and and we are just different. We are, you know you have to work with this being. This is this is your job. This is what this being is the one you the one you have to take care of. And every teacher is partial. Even those who claim that they are, they have, they got it. They are partial because they also have their psychological history, their language, their culture. So there is this kind of teaching around, you know, in some, particularly, you know, in some kind of club, Dalai Lama clubs, uh, that. Um, that you have to take your seat and you have to take, dig one hole. Yeah, because uh, I have really doubts uh, if that is uh, applicable for us. And I don't see it happening. I know many people who have digged one hole for 30 years, and when I look at them, I think, oh shit. <laughs> I'm not joining that club. There's no results there. <laughs> and uh, but 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 uh, I see. I, I, I mean, I, I see that. I mean, I'm not talking about like confusing yourself with uh, doing. Uh, 100 things at the same time and just jumping from one. So I I also believe in a kind of persistent work with a certain teacher, with a certain method for a while. Not uh, not only just that, because I see also the benefit of mixing a bit. Like if you uh, focus on self-compassion, for example, which is a good thing to do, then it's also helpful at the same time to do a bit of shamatha practice a bit of focusing yeah because if you do some uh, loving kindness practice with yourself and your mind is all over the place then you're actually not doing the practice mm-hmm. and that's a skill we we can we can train yeah uh, shamatha yeah in the Tibetan tradition, this is described in nine stages, and it's it's a pretty straightforward teaching. Uh, I gave a, a, a teaching in Malmo last year. It's called "Stages of Meditation." It's it's a playlist on my SoundCloud profile, where I go through the first six or seven stages. Um, so that's so that's that, that's helpful to have a bit of a bit of uh, emphasizing something, but you're also uh, like as I said with the fitness. I mean, while you do the weightlifting, nobody is just doing weightlifting. Yeah, they all do some warming up in the beginning and some flexibility in the end. And uh, it's also uh, like, like let's say you work uh, with a self-compassion program with Christine Neff, either kind of online, live, that's helpful for some to to kind of uh, connect in real life time with with others and work together, Or or an audio program which you can uh, which you can adapt to your to your schedule. So it takes maybe three months. I don't know why I say come up with three months, but that sounds like kind of a you know it's it's like uh, it's like yeah three months I can do that. I, I will just do that and uh, uh, and also I think it's it's like persistent enough to have some kind of results. Because that's what we... Don't do anything which doesn't give results. I mean, there is this kind of thing, you know, don't look for the results and don't have expectation. Yes, I want to have results in my practice. And if I don't have results with my practice I'm doing now, then I do something else. I'm not continue for 20 years with a practice where I don't have results. And results here doesn't mean... Uh, 100% peace or something, but yeah. if I do a self-compassion course with Christine Neff after three months, there should be measurable results and also subjective results. You, you, you're supposed to notice some changes. And if not, try something else. And also, no, if you found a practice which is really where you feel, I mean, not day by day. You know, that's one problem that people like. Okay, I'm doing this now for one week, self compassion, and nothing happens. Yeah, not like that. Yeah, but but over time. Eh... But you have to do it. Yeah, so that's one thing. It's not, it's not enough just to buy the program. <laughs> um, it, that doesn't mean that this... Okay, now, now self-compassion is done. It's not like that. So you do it, and then, okay, after three months, you notice... Like just to give you an example, uh, when I talk with someone, okay, self-compassion, so and that's good. There's some more awareness, some changes, and then we discover, oh, well, what's actually missing is connection with the body. Yeah, yeah. I can do the phrases and and so on and so on, but I don't feel my body. Yeah. So then I might. Uh, suggest uh, a program with Reggie Ray. He's an American teacher who emphasized, He wrote this book, Enlightenment in the Body, so he emphasized body awareness, breathing with the body, awareness in the body, and so on. So that's that's his thing. So and then and there's many programs. So and then we choose one and and. Uh, and then it's with guided meditations and some teachings, so you understand also so that's the usual process you you learn listening, then you reflect, you contemplate, and then you meditate upon that yeah and christine F is the same so you you get teachings you you, you learn about the structure uh, so where so the benefits yeah so the, the, the benefit part is very good to know about the benefit part, because that is part of the, that can be part of the motivation to actually uh, do it, and do it persistently, if you know, ah, yeah, they, uh, ah, this is the benefits of doing this practice. So and then maybe two, three months of some Reggie Ray stuff, and then going back to self compassion maybe the same program but it's another person doing it and uh, if i look back into my life i i have done that yeah so yeah, I, I i i and also because i teach so i that that's of course, I mean, the best thing is to be a meditation teacher. <laughs> so I can recommend that as a career yeah? <laughs> or a therapist. yeah. Uh, because, it, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, but that would be also horrible if everyone uh, does that. Yeah? So no, I, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I take it back. Yes. Stephen, can you say anything about uh practice of happiness without a cause. yeah yeah okay. i'm i'm go- i'm getting there okay. yeah 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 but short answer no <laughs> that's, <laughs> that that's, why, that's why that's why I, That's this is a long talk and i feel really good about it <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and this will be a very short talk <laughs> It will be the roar of silence. (laughs) Um, So. Yeah. So just some, some, kind of suggestions about um, what could be a part of a, like of a formal daily meditation practice, uh, intention. And this is like, you know, something to explore, exploring this topic of intention. Why are you doing this? Leading slowly into the teachings on Bodhicitta within the Mahayana tradition. Uh, Then uh, some kind of gratitude or gratefulness. some kind of appreciation, and um, awareness of the body. So in loving-kindness meditation or you know, whatever you choose as the main part of the, of the daily practice, uh, you know, uh, paying attention to the body dropping into the body, taking the time to meet yourself. And, and this could be actually just your, that could be the whole practice. Yeah. But, but uh, whatever practice you do, uh, meditation is always body work, subtle body work. It's not, it's not, a, uh, it's not happening in the mind, uh, what we usually think the mind is. Yeah. So like loving-kindness meditation is not just repeating the phrases in your head and then wondering why nothing happens. So I mentioned shamatha practice, so to have that a bit, no no matter what your practice is, to get some knowledge around uh, uh, paying attention and how to stay engaged with what is important to you. So that's also, that, that goes into any kind of, it's, if your daily practice is a yoga practice, uh, so, so if, if daily practice is your yoga practice, try to find yoga teachers who don't teach it as an exercise but who, who combine it with body awareness, emotional awareness. And then, emptiness. Say that again. Emptiness. 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 Yeah, emptiness. So, emptiness in the, in the, like in the Buddhist sense. So, there so there again there needs to be some learning uh, some exp- some intellectual exploration of what is what is pointed to in this in this uh, in this world so if you let's say you do a self-compassion practice after some intellectual uh Some some reflection on awareness, on emptiness, uh, on no self. Uh, so, like a, a simple way at the end of a of a self compassion practice, or you might feel a bit more spacious, a bit more off, a bit more tender with yourself, and then. Uh, who is doing it, or what is aware, or uh, what is actually the self? I try to be compassionate about, yeah, so like just a bit of of uh, uh, of reflection, you know, remembering or bringing awareness of the nature of your mind or no self, or depending on where you are. Interest are and where your understanding is. So that would be amazing if this, so buddhicitta, shamatha, buddhicitta and emptiness, if that is part of your, if you bring it somehow into, into your daily practice. So, and then more important, as I said, for us is daily life, daily life practice, short, Glimpses, short uh, short mini meditations, mini awareness meditations. Yeah. And actually, when I talk with people, often when they ask this question a good start for me is always to ask them isn't that already happening like if you look back 5 years ago no and you not, and you notice now to to become aware how reflecting on the teachings how listening to the teachings how your own practice how that is it's, it's happening it's it's already happening that you you're starting to change your your perspective on what is what is in your daily life you know, uh, you you, you, proce- you start to process
1: uh,
0: w- w- your experience you start to process it in a different way uh, you start to notice distraction and being spaced out and being upset and uh, and you start to notice the contractions and and you have sentences coming up of, yeah, this is a difficult moment. Or, you know, like this, yeah. So it, it's also... You know, not trying to bring this into your daily life with discipline, but trusting the natural process of that your mind will more easily go to that which you are interested in or what you are putting into it or what you're familiarizing yourself with it. That's a natural process. And then sometimes there is like a uh like a um like a little no and there's some teachers like Rick Hansen he is like a, kind of the neuropsychologist things for brain science and yes uh, like many little little practices yeah little kind of 10 seconds practices throughout the day yeah and then, of course, if you read the book, then okay, what should I do? And then you don't do anything, or you get confused. Yeah, so it's good to pick something which makes sense, and then uh, be creative with it. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, some people use uh, like reminders, uh, you know, or on, on their smartphone or something, like there's timers or so, uh, Bing. Uh, and then uh, you know then it's time to throw in the phrase or throw in the practice which could be something simple like simple like bringing your attention to the feet and pause take a few deeper breaths yeah. and so Uh, one this is just one of many examples which uh, you know, like somehow it, it came it's kind of present for me right now. And this is uh, how to put it: riding into peace through beauty. So the practice is just noticing beauty yeah and kind of using and it's difficult to describe it's like when you notice beauty there's a there's a ah, kind of oh this is beautiful yeah and that beauty that ah, that if you sink in into that it, you can kind of lift yourself out of a out of where you are, yeah. Out of oh, it's a horrible day, shit. I'm stressed. Yeah? <laughs> I'm I'm so stressed. I have to buy this. It's so heavy. Yeah, and then, and then you, you look at something, and this can be the sky. This can be an, an, an attractive person is very good for that. Yeah. Uh, and, and or a piece of music or uh, or like. Something, or you know, a cup of coffee, or uh, it's just anything, yeah. and so so that's so. And then you start to do that, and that's all I do. I mean, this, this is all I have done for like f- three weeks. I, so I don't care about gratitude, forgiveness. <laughs> that's, I have to, that, that's also you know I might uh, turn back to that. Yeah, but I found something very simple and this might not work for you. Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm just giving that as an example. Uh and yeah, and 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 then you notice wow it it's just happening more and more. Yeah. Not because I have a timer or uh I I I, I, I I try to remember it or something. It's just happening more and more and naturally. Why? Because my mind wants to be happy. And once it had fi- it has figured out, once the system has figured out, well, there is an easy way to go to more happiness or more peace. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's just it's it becomes an automatic process. It's not a practice anymore. It's just. It's this is habit, yeah? and then more and more people in your team they start to join that project because they also want to be happy. That's called unifying the mind in the shamatha practice. So you have less and less opposing voices yeah? because they, the, the 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 team behind that voice starts to figure out hey this is actually a good thing we thought this was really stupid we thought it's better to be afraid and depressed Uh, that's the more successful strategy here Uh, but yeah so now we can see so maybe maybe it's good to join so like i mean this is just suggestions yeah I'm not saying this is like the recipe why I, uh, uh, I find it helpful every day and every day to uh to return to some kind of teaching <coughs> and this could be a like a book at your bedside or uh, maybe in the morning uh you know to 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 just read a chapter or if you are more a listener just 10-15 minutes to you know while you go to work I saw some Tara Brach uh, CD in your in in your in your car so I imagine her to put it in in the morning I don't know if you're doing it but why no sometimes we might even drive for an hour or something yeah and then and then, instead of pa- playing some stupid game on the phone, this is, this is really a waste of precious human life, yeah? Especially when you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, un- Unless it's a Tesla. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, you are not like, Comp- like really focused, uh, and that you miss things from from yeah. But no, if some kind of some sentence from Tara Brach plops into into the day, something you can take with you, that's good enough. Yeah, something you can reflect upon, something, and and then maybe you find uh, like something which you can hear again and again. Yeah, so. Uh, some, some reading, yeah. and then of course it's helpful to uh, to join um, weekends like this. Maybe do some like a, a week of retreat every year. The, I can really recommend that. It's uh, so it, it's really deep. It, it really deepens uh, the experience with with the material. Yeah. Um, but don't, don't overdo it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think it's, for most people it's actually good to kind of go slow yeah. and digesting. I mean, what's the point to kind of have the whole overview over all Buddhist lineages and things like that? And, it's, it, and all that will be gone soon of the, the conceptual knowledge you can't take with you. What you take with you, if there's something taking with you, um, is habits. So if you want to uh, bring the habit of self-forgiveness with you throughout your life, even if we, if we uh, uh, look at just one life, it doesn't help to read 800 pages about self-forgiveness. Yeah, what helps is to establish this quality as a habit within you. And for that you 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 need some knowledge obviously, but uh, but one can also overdo it and get confused and uh, feel oh, I need to learn more. I need to learn more. I need to learn more. Uh, this course and that course and there's another book about self-compassion more research and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 then I think it's helpful to to, uh, uh, to 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 chew on things for a while, not forever but for a while. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I could, uh, once I talk, uh, start to talk about things like that, it's just like one thing after another. But I think that that's enough. It was already a lot of information. Good that it is recorded, so you can can listen to it again. So then, uh, a peace without a cause. Um, from a Buddhist point of view, all this, what I talked about right now, the purpose of that is to guide us into peace without a cause. They are provisional. They are kind of placebos. They are not the real thing, yeah? And we talked. I talked a little bit yesterday how there seems to be a correlation between uh, these practices and uh, and and uh, the grace of uh, the revelation of uh, peace without a cause. And I've just used the word peace, yeah. So I could also use the word. Uh, Buddha nature, or ultimate bodhicitta or the primordial ground, or pure consciousness, non-dual con- consciousness. You know? So different names for the same, for the same which is nothing and has, and and can't be expressed through words. So in most actually in most uh, uh, progressive path traditions, there's also uh, this the mystic the mystic aspect. Yeah. And uh, uh, in Buddhism Buddhism in itself the progressive path itself deconstructs itself. It's inbuilt. Probably it's the only one who is radical like that. Yeah. The purpose of Buddhism is to destroy Buddhism, <laughs> well, to to deconstruct Buddhism. In So one thing with this is uh, and I could have talked about teacher, mentor kind of guru also in in the context of um, in the context of the progressive path, but this is a complex topic yeah but here uh, no talking about uh, the direct path uh there seems to be something there, and this is, again, this is just my own perspective or my own experience, there seems to be something there that that the transmission, the pointing out of that which can't be talked about is only possible in a relationship. I'm I'm pretty sure about that. At least I. Uh, it, it, it is like it is like this for me. And you know, if I look around. I mean, maybe Eckhart Tolle would be an exception. The Tibetans would then say, "Yeah, no, yeah, yeah," but he got it in his last life, <laughs> so, just to maintain uh, the kind of hierarchy of you know the guru, uh, guru, the guru club. Um, and I'm not talking about you know. Uh, relationship in the sense relationship to uh, a awakened person or something just a relationship to uh, to someone who has some familiarity and who has received that uh, that transmission so one of I, I think this is i mean there's not much advice to give here because there seems to be this element of grace uh, but I think kind of the best advice you can get here is just hang around, listen to some uh, teachers, friends, who, who, who understand who experience, all that doesn't make really sense, but uh, who experience uh, fundamental peace, primordial peace. And it's quite, uh, there is something in this kind of conversations where both both, both uh, participants, or if it's a group, uh, they know, they understand that we can't talk about this, but we know what it is, <laughs> something like that. I, I mean, this is also dualistic language, it implies that there is something you could know, yeah? But it's strange. It's a strange feeling. You you, you get a sense of. Uh, you you there is a sense of. A sharing, something opens up. Yeah. And initially, if you are very kind of a progressive past person, like you are into improvement, into training, yeah, into uh, trying to understand something, uh, this will be very challenging for you. But just, just you know, kind of dip into. Just to get, I mean, if you, if you come to my teachings, then you, 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 you will dip into. Yeah? That's all what I do. But I, I, I will not give up on this, even if you feel ah, this part I can't I, I can't handle. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I will I will continue to dip into that. And uh and then uh I mean apart from like the progressive stuff, which is the right thing for you right now, and it makes sense, and you have the benefit of it. Uh you know, sometimes, you know, uh, look into, like, if you want to practice within the, in the, in the Tibetan tradition, look into the Mahamudra teachings. Yeah. They are a beautiful mixture of progressive path and direct path. So the progressive path, guy, uh, girl in you, uh, will not feel completely lost in the Mahamudra uh, approach. But... What is transmitted in the Mahamudra teachings is uh, natural peace, primordial peace. Uh, if you want to be more, a m- bit more radical on the uh, on the natural peace path, then you go into the Tsokchen teachings and in Tsokchen, the Great Perfection teachings, like within the Tibetan tradition, uh, and uh, and no it 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 could be a beginning of just reading about it and listening to some teaching and start to have a bit of an intellectual understanding so maybe that's what is possible for for now yeah. uh there is hardly any really radical direct pointing out teachings or teacher it's there's very few and Actually, i Huh?: Yeah, he is one of them. And these are people you probably most of us can't stand. It's too much. Yeah But we can uh, uh, we can maybe listen a bit and get really upset. <laughs> really, really resistant, yeah. Yeah. So and then at one point you might you might have you might s- sense a shift in your practice. You might kind of okay, there's you no know, I have done like you can see, the, see the, this shift also in Tara prach or Jack Cornfield. Yeah, progressive path, thirty years of insight meditation. Okay, and now I'm going to die soon. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly, their probably their own practice has changed already a few years ago. Because before they had their out, uh, the, how do you call it? Outcome? Ne, coming out. They're coming out. Uh, so then, probably you you start, to, you start to notice. Okay, yeah, there's still some progressive past stuff happening here, but actually, mm, that's not what this whole thing is about. And um, and you might feel more drawn drawn to, drawn then to the uh, to the transmission to the pointing out to hanging around, or uh, listening to uh, more what is might called non dual teachers. So if you if you practice within the Tibetan tradition, and that's good. It's good to have your kind of home. Yeah, like it's it's like. It, it makes sense. Still, I would recommend in that, in that part, a piece without a cause, to listen to other non-dual teachers, Christian, Zen, Christian mystics, Zen, Advaita Vedanta. Because they're they all, they all sharing the same. But they might use words and pointers, which somehow, wow, yeah, somehow, even if it's the same word, some, some kind of thing, some, it's, it, it has to do with the relationship, yeah, with the, in, in, in the Tibetans would say it's the karma you have with that teacher, with that, yeah. What is it? so when you when you get more an appreciation of the so-called non-dual teachings, the progressive path material becomes so beautiful and so rich because there's no pressure anymore. There's no trying to get somewhere, and there's all the patience in the world. You, you, com- you completely accept where you are, psychologically, spiritually. It, it's, it's, it's just like this. It can't be different. It doesn't matter. But not in the sense of it doesn't matter, so it's not worth anything. No, it doesn't matter, and that makes it so fantastic and the most beautiful in the world. You might even practice more on the progressive path, because you, you simplify your life, you, you, you have more space, you don't need to distract yourself anymore so much. So you have to just have more time for shamatha. Shamatha for nothing. Shamatha with, with no goal. Shamatha with a, which is empty. Also the devotional practice. Yeah. Wow, once you have once you once you relax, then it's it's so it's so beautiful to celebrate what is. Through so, so lighting candles and putting flowers. So it's so beautiful to celebrate life. Not because you want to have a result from lighting candles and putting flowers like in the progressive path, accumulating merit and stuff like that. No, it's an expression, it's a celebration of Buddha mind, of of awakening. Okay, so let's have a break. Today we do until 2, so uh, we don't have a big lunch break, but uh, we will have another break uh, uh, after 12, somewhere. But let's have a 15 minutes break now. And... um, maybe I will lead a bit of a Tonglen in the nutshell after the break and then-